Can you hear me out there? There I am. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be back at New Beginnings Church. It's great to see familiar faces and to be able to connect with uh, some new folks. And um, I want to just say thank you, Pastor Jacob and Jenny, for this invitation to be able to speak at this historic uh, time. It's very humbling for me, but uh, it's great to be back. And those of you that are at the party last night, it just felt like time, there was a time gap. We went through a time warp, isn't it? I mean, all of a sudden it was 19... 2007, and all of a sudden, boom, we were there again. Uh, that's what happens, and it's a little taste of what heaven's going to be like. I'm going to take you back this morning to some of the good old days. You ready for this? It was 1991, and my wife Debbie and I were sitting in the office of the, uh, at that time, the district superintendent of the Kansas City District. His name is Keith Wright, and we were visiting and talking about the possibility of a brand new church. And I always remember how Keith kind of looked forward in his chair, and he looked me in the eyes, and he said, Dan, what kind of church do you want to start? And it didn't take me long before this began to bubble out of me because Debbie and I, for over a decade, had been unchurched. And we drifted from church and we had drifted from God. And when you drift from church and you drift from God, it's not long before your life begins to lack direction and meaning and purpose. It just slowly kind of happens. And then slowly your life becomes more and more messy. Your attitudes, your relationships... That's just what happens. It's what's happening in our nation today. It's real simple, folks. We're just kind of drifting from God. We've slowly done that. And so Debbie and I had had a new beginning with God. And we've seen how God could change our lives and transform our lives, can change our, how he changed our marriage and our family and a direction in our life. And um, we just kind of wanted everybody else to experience that. And so it was real easy for us to talk to him and say, yeah, we want to start a church for that time, primarily open to everyone, but primarily for our generation. We'd heard that two out of three baby boomers and their children were unchurched. And so we wanted to make a difference in that generation. Everybody could help to do that. So that is the kind of church that we wanted to start. But how in the world do you do that? Well, in order to do that, you need to go to the Word, because Jesus kind of showed us how to do that. And I want to take you back to the early church this morning and talk about three different priorities. And if you have your smartphone or your tablet... And I see some of you really brought a Bible. That's cool, too. It'll be up on the screen if you have nothing in your hands at all, all right? I just fool around with my smartphone, and by the time I get it, they're already done with it, you know, and stuff like that. So anyway, this is the Fellowship of Believers in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And this is what the Bible says. They, meaning the early church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. Everyone say that word, fellowship. To the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he or she had need. Every day, they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. And this is the word of the Lord. Oh, that surprised me. That's quite right. You guys have changed around here. <laughs> Still playing softball, though. That's good. All right. So the three priorities I want to share this morning, the first is, is fellowship. The Bible says they, meaning the early church, devoted themselves. The apostles' teaching is very, very important, but I believe that that's something that we 
we have in the church, the preaching of the word. So I want to move on to this fellowship, to the fellowship. And it goes on to say, to the breaking of bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. You know what I'm hearing in this scripture? I'm hearing that the early church was fun. I'm hearing that the early church was fun. I mean, anybody enjoy eating? <laughs> you know, that's why I think you should come to churches, because food tastes better after church. Amen? Yeah, that's, that's one good reason to come, isn't it? But anyway, we wanted to make New Beginnings Church a place that was fun, where children, teens, and adults could learn about God, and they could do it in a fun way. And so our worship began with a warm greeting. In our early days, we didn't have organized greeters. We just told everybody to come early and greet everybody. And it was just kind of mass chaos and fun. And after we got up to about 150 people or so, I think, Karen, you're the one that organized greeters for us. But we still encourage people to do that. A warm greeting is part of that worship experience. And, and, and then we wanted to make our, our service a celebration. Guys, you got a pretty good band up here, huh, don't you? Can you give it up for them? Yeah. Yeah. And we did slow worshipful songs, but we wanted to celebrate. And we wanted to be able to clap our hands once in a while. And, and, and there was little kids that didn't know that you weren't supposed to dance in church. And, you know, they'd be dancing, standing on their chair and rocking around and doing all that kind of stuff. And we just wanted to make it fun. And then after worship, we had cookies. You guys remember that, cookies? Who likes cookies? Anybody like cookies here? Yeah. Hey, Amen. Yeah, that's a great vote right there. And, you know, they weren't really fancy cookies. And I remember kids walking around with like 10 of them. Remember in their hand? We spoiled a lot of lunches. But while the kids were eating cookies, guess what? People were having fun. People were visiting. People were talking. People were having a good time. And then we had the running of the kids. I don't know if you remember that or not. But in a lot of churches, they tell the kids they can't run. Well, back in those days, it was okay for the kids to have fun in church, amen? And we had so many little kids, and we still have babies coming here at New Beginnings. And, and by the way, I heard, somebody needs to get pregnant soon. We don't have any kids. My wife was always praying for babies. I tell you, church, go out there, be fruitful and multiply. Somebody needs to have another baby, okay? Or we need to find somebody's pregnant. If you see someone pregnant this week, bring them to church, would you? Just walk up and say, God told me to bring you to church. But, but anyway, we'd have the running of the kids and all those different things like that. And uh, we, we, had, we just had a lot of fun. And then we took our church outside. At least once a year, we went to a shelter like we did last night. And we worshiped. We ate a lot of food. And the first outdoor Sunday, the teens were going to have a water balloon fight. I don't know if some of you remember that or not. And someone had brought uh, an 85-year-old senior man to, to the outdoor Sunday. He was wearing a suit and tie. He was dressed up. His hair was combed nice. And as the water balloon fight was going on, there was a stray water balloon. It hit a post above him and splattered all over him. And uh, Carl was his name. I thought he was going to be mad. He started laughing. And then the war was on. (laughs) The adults got involved in it. And sometimes we had a water fight out there. Every month we try to do something big. We try to do an invite Sunday or an event Sunday or something that you could bring your friends to. But we also know that a lot of people that don't go to church when they start going to church, it's real hard for them to become regular attenders. And so if we could just do something once a month to get you here, it it, it brought people back in. And we get on the phone and call people and invite people. Uh, Way back in the day, the Kansas City Chiefs had a bye week, 
And so I called Dan Mears, who's uh, Casey Wolf. You guys know who that guy is? And the big wolf suit and all that stuff. Well, he came and spoke at New Beginnings Church a long, long time ago. Elizabeth, you're shaking your head, you remember. And he came in, and the music was blaring, and it was big old people. And, and then, he, then and he, he's really not a wolf, kids, okay? Hate to spoil that. But he took the top of his costume off, and then he began to talk about how he knew Jesus like he knew the president at that time. It was Bill Clinton at that time, by the way. And, and he said, I knew who he was, but I really didn't know him. And then he talked about how he really came to know Jesus. And I remember uh, the tears were rolling down his cheeks, and little boys and girls and people all over the place were re- raising their hands to receive Jesus. And it was just awesome what, we, what, what he did that day. See, the church needs to be fun, amen? God created fun. He created humans to smile. Uh, he created humans to laugh. I got a little foster daughter now, and she comes up to me and starts, you know, kind of, we, she wants to be tickled. You know what I'm talking about? Did you know that God went to great detail to make us ticklish? See, when we have fun, God's right in the middle of it. And you know what that's called? That's called fellowship. And the world needs that. The early church was into friendships, into relationships. They'd grown up with cold, boring religion. Jesus didn't come to earth to start a religion. He came to earth to be your friend, to have a relationship with you. And our mission was to help people, not only to get to other, know other people in the church, to know the people of God, but also to be able to come to know Jesus. So very early in our history, we developed a prayer to receive Jesus. And we would try to close every service with that prayer and give people an opportunity like Debbie and I had to cross the line of faith and to have a new beginning with Jesus. And over the years, many, many, many children and teens and adults prayed that prayer to receive Jesus into their life. And then did we ever have some wild baptism parties? We didn't have a baptismal font and we didn't have, you know, it was just, you were just there and you were in the water and you were out and everybody was celebrating and there was water all over the place and it was a mess and it was fun and then we had cookies. (laughs) It it was just great. Um, But anyway, this is all part of fellowship and I, you know, the world is really looking, the unchurched world is really looking for fellowship. They really are. Um, people are just so engaged with technology now, and they have all of these friends. But you know what? They need good friends. The church needs to make a priority of fellowship. And not only do we need to make a priority of fellowship, we need to make a priority of community. For the Feast of Pentecost and the Jesus movement had begun. The Holy Spirit was poured out, and people were fellowshipping, and people were being drawn near to God, and they are being empowered by the Holy Spirit. But they begin to cluster together. They'd meet in the temple courts, but they, they begin to hang out at homes, and groups begin to form. Now, folks, this is, where, this is where community happens, in groups. This is where relationships grow. This is where spiritual growth really happens. Do you really want to get real with God? Do you really want to grow with God? Get in a group of other believers. Get in a group and begin to see what God can do. I mean, you know it works. Groups work. If you want to lose weight, you go to Weight Watchers, right? If, 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 you, if, you want to, if you want to kick a habit, you go to a recovery group, right? If you want to get your finances straight, you go to one of those Dave Ramsey groups, right? You want to grow spiritually, you want to get closer to God, get in a group. It'll change your life. So at New Beginnings, we started groups where people could begin to connect to each other. People could go get in a deeper level and get into the Bible and challenge each other to grow. And in a group is where accountability really happens. 
And when our church really began to get into community, to get into groups, some things begin to happen. Number one, we begin to pray for each other. You know, when you just come to worship on Sunday morning, and worship is great, and we need worship, but you really don't get to know people. You don't really get to know what they're going through. Maybe, you know, I don't know this high school senior, but there was probably an isolated person. And in isolation, all kinds of bad things happen, okay? But when you got a group around you, you get to know each other. And guess what happens? You start praying a long time ago. And, and there was a speaker, and he was going to give a devotion. Then we we're going to have breakfast. Then we we're going to have some more speaking. And then we we're going to have lunch. And then, you know, we we're going to have free time in the afternoon. But the, the speaker during the devotional before breakfast said, you know, I don't think I should give my devotional today. I think we should just kind of share, man, what's going on in your life. There was a guy sitting on a stool, and he just said, he began to share some of his struggles. And we hardly even knew each other. We were a brand new church, but we gathered around as a chair up on the stool, and we gathered around and prayed for them. We prayed all the way through the devotion, all the way through breakfast. Men don't do that often. All the way through the morning session, all the way through lunch. And about 2.30 in the afternoon, we had breakfast and lunch together, and boy, it really tasted good. And that's when the chair started. That was something that we used to do in, the, in, 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 in our past. We used to put people in the chair. And, you know, it sounds weird like you're putting them into an electric chair or something like that. But we began to do that in our groups. And you know something? People don't realize how powerful prayer is. Prayer is one of the greatest gifts you can give people, especially the young church. Nobody's praying for them. Do you realize that? Many, many times through the years that we were here, my wife Debbie and I, sat in the chair and held hands as a group of people gathered around and prayed for us as we were going through challenges. Prayer is one of the things that just naturally begins to happen in community. And not only prayer, but people begin to care for each other. People naturally begin to know that you're going through things and want to be there for you. I remember going to making a hospital visit, and as I was walking through the hospital, seeing people from New Beginnings Church coming from the hospital. When I was up in the room, seeing people from New Beginnings Church in the hospital room, and when I was going back to my car, giving high fives to New Beginnings people, going up there with flowers and all those different things. See, that doesn't happen unless you have community. You can't program care. You can't start a program for that. It just happens when people begin to commit to community and relationships. And then we begin to serve each other. If you were sick, man, it was great. I, I, I didn't get sick enough. But, but anyway, when I got sick a couple of times, there's all kinds of food in my refrigerator. It's great. You know, men, like 1030 at night when you can't sleep, you open the fridge door and it's full of food. Isn't that good? And if someone was pregnant or someone was grieving, people would bring up food. We started to help each other. People would mow lawns. They would watch their kids. You know, I don't know all that happened, but there was just, just generosity that was going on. That doesn't happen unless you have community. Then you begin to pray for each other. You begin to care for each other. And you begin to serve each other. Fellowship naturally leads to community and getting together in groups. And then that naturally leads us to outreach. The Bible says that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Fellowship naturally leads to outreach. You know when the church is not fun, people end up complaining about the church. Did you know that? I've heard them do it all. I've sat in restaurants and heard people complaining about their church. That's the worst. I want to go over and slap them. I mean, that's about the worst thing you can do. It really is. But people could read your body language. Where were you Sunday? Uh, I was in church. No. But when church is engaging and there's fellowship and there's community going on, you know, people start bragging about their church. They start bragging about their pastor. 
Uh, you guys did brag about me, but you bragged about Debbie all the time. I think that's, I think that's great that you did that. And, and, and when you invite people, it's just naturally that they want to come because they see what God is doing in your life, and they see what God is doing in his church, and people want to be part of that. Most of the people that, that received Jesus and crossed the line of faith, that came closer to God in our church, were invited by a friend or a relative or a co-worker. That's how that works. You know, people really need Jesus. And Jake, I think you set it up about as best you could with the, the, the liturgy that we went through today. People are really hurt. You know the number two cause of suicide or a number two cause of death between 10 and 26 in our country? It's suicide. Accidents are number one. Opiates, am I saying that right? Is there somebody in the community? Uh, the new drugs that are just killing our kids at a massive rate. Our nation's in crisis. People really, really, really need Jesus. And people need fellowship. Uh, People out there need a church that's on a mission with Christ to do outreach. Not just to fellowship and join a community, but to include other people that need to be part of the church. Now, community naturally leads to outreach. In the church at Acts, they prayed for each other, they cared for each other, they served each other, and that became contagious. Many, many years ago, there was a young mom from New Beginning Church, and she, uh, she took her, her, uh, her children to a daycare, and she got to know this lady at the daycare, and um, this lady at the daycare was pregnant, and she was starting to have some difficulty, so this lady began to say, hey, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm praying for you, and then she said, you know, I'm I'm part of a church, and I'm part of a small group, and we'll start praying for you. It wasn't long before this young mother that ran this daycare was on bed rest. And guess what her small group started doing? Bringing food over to this lady who was unchurched. And after she had a healthy uh, child, one Sunday morning she got up and said, I think I'm just going to go over to that church one time to thank them for bringing all the food over the house and praying and all of that. And she came to New Beginnings Church, and there was celebration and there was fellowship, and there was all kinds of good things going on here. And it wasn't long before she was bringing her child. It wasn't long before her husband just got so curious that he'd get, to get, get up on Sunday morning and see why his wife was coming home happy. And it wasn't long before we baptized the whole family. Community naturally leads to outreach. In community, we grow and we pray and we care for each other. We serve each other. But you know what we do more than that? When we're really experiencing community, it's not long before we start throwing parties, amen? Anybody with me? We had all kinds of parties at our groups. You remember those? Those of you that have been around remembered that. And we had like Super Bowl parties. My wife and I would go to four or five of those. We encouraged everybody to go to every group and try out the snacks, see who had the best snacks. So, you know, I, I was doing my best back in those days. But we had uh, bowling parties, fall parties, cookout parties, And it was just kind of natural to invite our unchurched friends to these parties. That's the easiest way to connect with those that are not part of a church. There was a couple from our church. uh, I just needed a little time out there. I don't cry or anything, but sometimes I get bad allergies. Uh, There was a couple from our church that moved out south. And there was a young guy there that lived in their rural community, um, who wasn't a model citizen. In fact, he was far from a model citizen. In fact, uh, the neighbors had told this couple, uh, whatever you do, stay away from this guy, okay? It's just a lot of drugs, a lot of partying, lots of fights, lots of jail time. I mean, he was just kind of a mess. But you know what? 
they were filled with the love and compassion of God. So they reached out to this young guy. Guess what? You know, hurting people act out. Did you know that? Hurting people act out. When you see a person that's hurting, that's really struggling with addictions and all of that, you know, they just haven't been loved enough. They just haven't been loved enough. And a lot of us sit around here and think we have nothing to give. You know, Jesus could go out and just touch people and they were healed. He could do all these, he could, you know, make loaves and fishes and all these different things. And we don't have nothing. Yeah, we do. We have the unbelievable love of God through his Holy Spirit that comes down through us and out of us. And the love of God is the most powerful force in the universe. And they reached out to this young man who was really, really messed up. And they invited him to come to their small group parties. The first one he came to was on New Year's Eve. He had plenty of intoxicants in the trunk of his car. He never had to get him out. He had the time of his life. He said he woke up the next morning and could remember everything he'd done. He hadn't had a New Year's Eve like that in a long time. They started inviting him to church, and he said, nah, the walls will fall over the road. You know what he was saying? I don't think I'm good enough to come to church. But they just kept loving on him. And you know what? One Sunday, we had a big Sunday, and he showed up. And you know what? He found out that this really was a place for him. I remember when we baptized him. He's a real tall guy. I told him he was such a bad sinner, I was going to have to hold him under the water quite a while. Debbie Atwood was holding his towel. I had to, I said, you better take the cigarettes out of your pocket. So Debbie was standing there with her towel, his towel and his Marlboros. <laughs> so I baptized him hard. I put him down, and, and Debbie got all splashed with water. Remember that? <laughs> About five years later, uh, he was driving a truck through Fargo, North Dakota. He said, Dan, come on down to the truck stop. I want to buy you dinner. So I visited with him. He showed me a picture of his, of his wife and his family, told me how, how he's involved in a church in southern Missouri. And then he leaned across the table and said this, Dan, New Beginnings Church saved my life. New Beginnings Church saved my life. So let's focus on these three, can we? Let's focus on these. Because this is part of the past, but you know God's doing that in a new way. New Beginnings has a new day coming. Do you feel it? It's already started. The sun is rising on a brand new day. New Beginnings has done some great things in the past. They've been through some ups and downs. Some of those downs while I was here, I'm kind of responsible for some of those downs, okay? I I take the responsibility for that, and I apologize to you. But I'm glad for this opportunity, because there's people out there that have just never been loved enough. And you know what they need? They need a church where we fellowship. Somebody say amen. Come on, band. Come on up here. They need a church where we fellowship, where we have fun and when we make friendships. They need a church where we have community, where we get in groups and we pray for each other and we love each other and we serve each other and we care for each other. That's really, really what they need. And then they need a church where people are aware of people around them that need Jesus and need the love of God in their life. It's been a lot of fun talking about the good old days. <laughs> and some of you are new here, and you don't even know me, and you think, probably think I'm kind of crazy, but uh, I am. But anyway, uh, it's been fun talking about the good old days. But I really believe that your best days are ahead. I really want you to hear that. I really believe that your best days are ahead. I believe that 25 years from now, 
I'll probably be boop, boop up there. <laughs> but I really believe that 20, if I'm here, I'll, I'll be an old codger. I'll show up, okay? But I really believe in 25 years, there's going to be people here that are going to say, New Beginnings Church gave me hope. New Beginnings Church saved my marriage. New Beginnings Church reached my young adult and my troubled teen. New Beginnings Church changed my life.